0: Amen, amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Gary. As he mentioned, my name is Hayden Ratner. I'm the senior pastor here at Walk Church, and I just wanna welcome you back in as we continue in our series that we've titled, Headlines, Good News in Times of Uncertainty. That has been what we've been walking through and experiencing in the past few months, and there has been good news that has been on time for us in God's word. And so this is actually gonna be the last sermon in this headline series for now. Next week, we're going to be beginning a brand new sermon series as we open up the book of Ruth. We're going to be walking through the book of Ruth, and we're going to be exploring God's word there. And I'm excited to dive into the character study of Ruth and learn from her there in that story. So I want to invite you to be with us next week as we kick off that new sermon series. But before that, let's go ahead and lean into an important headline that I want us to look at here today. It's found at the end of the gospel of Matthew. Jesus' final words in Matthew chapter 28. Look at them with me here on the screen, Matthew 28, verse 18. Here's what the verse says. It says, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. If I can just highlight that first part, here's what I want you to see. That Jesus came and said to them, Jesus comes on the scene right here, final chapter, final statement, and he says, I got a word for y'all. Now, why is this a big deal? Why is this a headline? I want to talk to you about it. Here's why. Because Jesus, up to this point, has lived the perfect, sinless life that only the Messiah could live, and it was necessary that he lived it if we were to be forgiven. Not only that, but Jesus was born of a virgin. He fulfilled the messianic prophecies out of Isaiah 7 and Isaiah 9, and he lives those out before us here in the scriptures. Not only that, but then he dies the sinner's death and he pays the sinner's debt. Right there, in, right, just a couple of chapters earlier in 26, Right, we see Jesus takes on death and the sin of the world, but he doesn't stay dead. Earlier in Matthew 28, we see Jesus rise from the grave, the triumphant resurrection of Christ the King is among us. And right here in this text, he's among the disciples and the people who are around that Jesus really died, he really rose, and he's appearing to many people at this point. And this is why it's a big deal, because what he says here, we should lean into. I mean, if you show me somebody Who's claiming to be the Messiah and he's checking out all the boxes because he needs to be born of a virgin. He needs to live the sinless life. He needs to speak parables. He needs to perform miracles. He needs to die the sinful, the sinner's death, right? He needs to take on the sin of the world. Isaiah 53 lived out. He needs to rise from the grave again. If you show me him and then he rises and resurrects, here's what I'm going to do I'm going to lean in. I am going to take my headphones off and I'm going to say, What do you have to say? And this is the headline. This is the first recorded words we have here in Matthew of the resurrected Jesus to all of his disciples and all who would be listening. What he says here, he doesn't give the great commandment, he already gave that. He doesn't give the great commission that's still coming. Here's what he does. He gives the greatest claim that a person could ever make. Here's what he says He says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is the headline today. The headline is All authority belongs to Christ. All authority belongs to Jesus, the Messiah, the, the Christ. Now, what does this word authority mean? Maybe you're, maybe you're thinking about that. What, I get it, all authority belongs to him, but talk to me about authority so we can all be on the same page. Jesus says all authority, all meaning not 90%, not 99.9%, not half authority, but all authority belongs to Jesus. When he says authority, let me give you a definition for this word coming out of Webster's Dictionary. It says power to influence or command thought Opinion or behavior, Webster says to have authority means that you have power. Let me give you another definition. Now, the Oxford Pocket Dictionary it says authority means power or right to give orders. To have authority means that you have power to make decisions, to enforce obedience. It's a big deal to have all authority. Let me give you one more definition. Dictionary.com says all authority means that you have power to determine educate or otherwise settle issues or disputes jurisdiction the right to control command or determine to have all authority notice all three definitions have the same start to have all authority is to have all power it says webster says power to influence oxford the power to give orders Dictionary.com, the power to determine, the power to settle issues, the, the power to control things, the power to command things, the power to determine things. Jesus is telling us in this one text, all power belongs to him. Maybe you're not quite convinced yet why that is a big deal, but I hope over the next few minutes to help us just grab a context, a framework of the authority of Christ, that this needs to be a headline that you and I get to know and get familiar with because this is the headline our church needs, our city needs, our culture needs, disciples need to walk through this life without the understanding that Christ has all authority is a losing battle. the the very thing that will give you the confidence and motivation to make it through another day of quarantine or uncertainty or just issues that you can't control that's outside of you, here's what you got to know. The one who is controlling you, the one who is saving you, the one who is inside you, the one who is for you, has all authority. That all the power belongs to Christ. Matthew 20, 18, verse 18, he says, all authority, check this out, all authority in heaven. Right, when he says all authority, he says, I want to be very clear here, Jesus, right after he rises from the grave, he says, everybody gather around, listen, all authority, I want to make a claim here, I have all authority in heaven. Now, why is that a big deal? Well, because Jesus is beyond our time frame. He's beyond our spaces. He's beyond me and you, right? He existed before all of us. He will exist long after us. He is the savior of the world and he is the Lord in heaven. Here's what Colossians chapter one tells us. Colossians one verse 16 says, for by him, who's him? Christ. For by him all things, there's that word all again, all things were created in, say it with me, in heaven and on earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Jesus is telling us, I got authority over those who have authority. Jesus saying all authority has been given to him. All things were created through him and for him, even things in heaven. Maybe that's why what's going on in heaven right now, Is a praise party, a worship session full of multicultural, diverse praise and worship to the one who has all authority. Let us not forget or miss that reality. Jesus in Luke chapter 12 gives this dynamic word. He says it like this. He says, I will warn you, whenever Jesus gives a warning, may we listen. He says, I warn you whom to fear fear him who after he has killed has authority to cast into hell yes i tell you fear him right right jesus is claiming here he has authority over eternity right people could hinder the body disease can hinder the body this life is temporary all of us have a limited number of days on this earth jesus says we shouldn't be fearing those things that much Maybe we should take serious or have a holy reverence of fear toward the one who has authority over eternity. In this case, he says, eternity, heaven, and hell. Jesus says, I got authority in those spaces and those places. And not only is that true for us, but the, 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 the demons know this to be true. Have you ever seen a demon have an argument with Jesus? Have you ever seen Jesus have an argument with a demon? Like, these conversations are quite quick because demons ultimately know at the end of the day who has authority and who doesn't. I love this dialogue we see with Jesus and a demon in Luke chapter four. Let's look at it with me on the screen. It says that he, Jesus, went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath they were astonished at his teaching for his word possessed authority. Come on, underline that, circle that. His words, Jesus, the one who has all authority, his words possess authority. And in the synagogue, there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, ha! <laughs> I love that right there. The demon recognizes Jesus and he gives a, a chuckle, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. The demon says, ha, whoa, that's Jesus. I wonder if the demon was starstruck by the Savior. Right, he says, what have you to do with us? In other words, like the demon's like, Jesus, you're a little early. Like, have you already come to destroy us? Jesus' response here is great. It says, he rebuked him saying, be silent and come out of him. These demons that were trying to control people, Jesus shows up on the scene, speaks one word to the demon and says, silence, demon. Come up out of him. When the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him having done him no Harm And they were amazed and they said to one another, what is this word for with, come on, say it with me, with authority, right? We see Jesus here with the authority of the kingship that he demonstrates. With power he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. Why do we say things in the name of Jesus? Because it's his name that has the authority. His name alone. Reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. What were these reports looking like? What was the headline on the paper? Here's what the headline said. The headline said, all authority belongs to Christ. What what type of reports were going out everywhere? This king named Jesus, he walks in authority. He has the power. But not just in heaven, it says, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth. Come on, say it with me. And on earth. This is good news right here that Jesus has authority on earth as well. We see this on display in Mark chapter 2, verse 9 and 11. Jesus has authority over sin. Jesus has authority over forgiveness. They couldn't believe it. Let's let's check it out. Luke, Mark, Mark 2, verse 9 through 11, it says, which is easier to say to the paralyzed man, to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He says to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And everybody was shook. They were tapping each other like, yo, hey, listen. He has authority on earth to forgive sin. We have never seen anything like this before. To claim to be able to pronounce somebody forgiven is something that only a God who had that level of authority could do. Never been seen before, never been heard of before, but yet Jesus is demonstrating his authority. He he not only had authority over sin on earth and forgiveness, he had authority over disease. Right? Don't we see Jesus making moves all throughout the Gospels? In right? Luke, uh, Luke chapter 17, we see Jesus heal 10 men with leprosy. Nobody could heal leprosy. Leprosy was a lost cause. Leprosy, there was no vaccine for leprosy, but Jesus shows up and he ministers to 10 men who had leprosy, and he says, I got authority over that too. In fact, in another place, right, nobody could be near somebody who had leprosy. Jesus walks up to a man with leprosy, touches his face. Why? Because all authority belongs to him, right? In, in Luke chapter 18, he healed a blind man named Bartimaeus. In Mark chapter 5, he healed a bleeding woman. In Matthew chapter 8, he healed a servant that served a centurion, and I love the dialogue that happens between Jesus and the centurion. The centurion, this great man of stature and rule, shows up next to Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, I'm a man with authority, but I recognize when somebody has more authority. He says, Jesus, check this out, I have authority. If I say to somebody, do something, they're gonna do it because I have authority. But you have more authority than me, Jesus. Can you heal my servant? And Jesus looks at this centurion man and he says, I've never seen faith like this. This guy recognizes my authority. And Jesus at that moment healed this man's servant and didn't even have to go touch him or say anything to him just by the centurion's faith. That person was healed because of the authority of Christ. Right? Jesus has authority over sin. He has authority over forgiveness. He has authority over disease. We saw he has authority over demons. Jesus has authority on earth. He has authority over nature, doesn't he? There's a moment in Mark chapter 4 where Jesus looks at the wind and says, Hey, wind, chill out. Like Jesus literally rebuked the wind. He looked at the seas. And all the waves that were getting a little aggressive. And Jesus looked at the sea and said, hey, calm down. I love that we serve a Savior, a God, who has authority over the wind and the waves. He has authority here on earth. Not just on heaven, but, but authority on earth. Right? There was once in Mark chapter 11 where Jesus walks up to a tree that was fruitless Right? Jesus wants to go. He's hungry. He shows up to this fig tree. He goes to grab some figs to eat with his disciples. There's no fruit on the tree. And Jesus says, this tree's done. And that tree withers up in that moment and dries out and dies. The principle that Jesus was asking is, if he goes up to, fr- to trees, they better have some fruit on it. Let me ask you this. If Jesus comes up to you looking for some fruit, is there any fruit in your life that demonstrates the authority of Christ? If Jesus wants to feed somebody with your life, is there any fruit to grab that's healthy, that's ripe, that's ready to be used for God's glory? Jesus says, I got authority over all things on earth. Can I do that with you? Can I use you? It's a challenging reminder to just assess our I'm grateful that Jesus has authority over all things because especially in this season of life, I need to be reminded that Jesus Christ has authority over coronavirus. Come on, somebody. Jesus has authority over COVID-19. Could you imagine if you weren't confident in the reality, in fact, that Jesus has all authority, you might think that, "What what, what are we gonna do? What's next for us? I, I, here's, what I, here's what I know. I'm drawing confidence from this headline. Like, regardless of what our president says, our governor says, social media says, I'm not saying that whatever they're saying is bad. I'm not saying to agree or to disagree. I'm just saying I know who has all authority. His name is Jesus. He resurrected from the grave. He appears to his disciples and he says, all authority has been given to me. They said in heaven, he said in heaven. And what about on earth? On earth too. That this season right here is a challenging, uncertain season for us, no doubt. But it's not escaping the authority of Christ. A.W. Tozer, the great revivalist, he once said it like this. While it looks like things are out of control, Behind the scenes, there is a God who has not surrendered authority. Amen? Come on, can you just put something in the comments right now? If you're not engaging in comments, maybe you're watching on your smart TV, can you give somebody next to you a holy high five? If you don't want to touch their hand, give them a distant high five right now. Give them an air hug right now. Give them an air fist pound right now. Here's why, because Jesus has all authority. Here's why you can get excited today, get pumped up today. This headline reminds us he has the authority in heaven and on earth, and he is not surrendering that. So regardless of what the news channels say, our God is in control. This, this, this scripture spoke to me a little over a year ago when I was on a mission trip in Southeast Asia. I was in a difficult part of India. And I was ministering with several different pastors. And I had a moment of weakness in my faith. And I was with the the lead missionary that we were working and serving with out there. And I asked him, I said, How do you day by day wake up and find strength, capacity, and motivation to continue serving the Lord like you do in a country that has millions and millions of lost people all around you. I had a moment where it was just a daunting task as I looked around and saw all these different global world religions all around, all the false paganistic worship going to idols instead of to the savior. And I said, how do you even do it? This feels like a losing battle. Where do you even start? And he looked at me with great confidence without batting an eye and says, "Here's where you start. You start in Matthew 28:18. Jesus says, I have authority over everything." Though this may look bleak and though this may look challenging, Jesus says, I have authority over the people in India. Jesus says, I have authority over the people in Las Vegas. He says, I have confidence to march another day into the war zone of spiritual living. I have confidence that we can actually reach our goal because our Savior says he has all authority in heaven and on earth. And and on earth, he wasn't just talking about America. In fact, when Jesus said that, he said it from Israel. Jesus isn't from America, right? Jesus isn't coming back to America, right? He's coming to rapture and rescue his people at some point when he is ready. And I can't tell you the times because I don't have the authority to do so. In fact, Jesus tells us in his gospels, nobody has the authority except him and his Father, and that we should lean on that, we should lean into that, and we should trust his authority. This verse finishes, he says, came to them and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Let me just highlight that part, has been given to me. Jesus says that this level of authority is bestowed upon him from the Father, God, himself. That God says, all the authority that I possess, I am now giving to you, Jesus, my son, the Lord, and the Savior. That Jesus Christ is 100% God and 100% man, at the same time possessing all the authority of God himself. And, and I love how, how Satan tried to challenge Jesus and his authority in Matthew chapter 4, it's, it's, it's borderline humorous. I mean, just, just watch this with me. It says, the devil took him to a very high mountain. And he showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, all things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan! Jesus didn't entertain even an ounce of that foolish rhetoric. He just looked at Satan like this. He said, man, be gone, Satan. In other words, Jesus is saying, how are you going to offer me anything? I have all the authority. Like Satan really tried to tempt Jesus with stuff he already owned. Like Satan's like, hey, Jesus, I could give you authority. And Jesus is like, I've had authority. There's nothing that you can give me, be gone. Here, listen to me, friend. If you're walking under the authority of Jesus, sometimes you gotta look at Satan. You gotta even look at some friends that might not have your best interest. You gotta look at the flesh. You gotta look at yourself. You gotta look at sin. You gotta look at any demonic influence that may try to come to you. And just quote Jesus, just say, be gone be gone you might have to go throughout the day fighting urges addictions and convictions that don't align with the holy spirit and just quote christ be gone you know what happens after this satan's out what does it look like to resist the devil speak back to him be gone here's why because you have the authority that comes down from christ And that same authority that Christ has, he is now working that in us and through us. Notice what Pilate says to Jesus in John chapter 19. John 19, verse 10 and 11. It says, Pilate said to him, you will not speak to me? Because, right, Pilate's trying to get Jesus to engage with him. Jesus says, I got nothing for you, man. Let's just get to it. And Pilate says, you won't speak to me? Do you not know? that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you, Jesus? Jesus' response is great. Jesus answered him, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, whoever delivered me over to you has the greater sin. Jesus says, look, bro, you have no authority over me. In fact, Jesus tells us that when he goes to the cross, he says, I willingly lay my life down for my children. I willingly go to the cross to save sinful people like me and you. Jesus says this is his choice. He has all the authority. It's all been given to him. So Pilate, one of the greatest rulers of that time as far as influence and authority of that day, This this he was a wicked ruler, but he had the authority of the earth at that time, right? Jesus looks at him and says, "You got nothing, man. If you don't have authority with me, you have no authority at all." Jesus looks at Satan, the prince of this world, right? The spirit of this air, the prince of this air that we live in, and Jesus looks at Satan and says, "Be gone. You have no authority over me. Be reminded of the authority that you have today of." of the authority in Christ. If you're walking in Jesus, friend, you're walking in authority. If you're you're taking steps in Christ, you're taking steps in the one who has all authority. Why would you want to step in anything else? I would encourage you today that that's everything that you need. When Jesus says this here, he's, he's literally fulfilling scripture before their eyes. right? Jesus is the messianic, king of kings. He is the prophecy fulfiller right before their eyes. In fact, Jesus here is fulfilling a prophecy out of Daniel chapter seven. right? Daniel seven, verse 13 and 14, hundreds of years before Mary would ever give birth to the Messiah. Here's what was prophesied over Daniel. It says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. Jesus is the one who claims to be the son of man. He came to the ancient of days and was presented before him and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Jesus is fulfilling Daniel 7. He's coming on the clouds like we just sang. He is worthy to be praised. He has dominion and authority over everything. And every single knee will acknowledge that. Every single person shall bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The question is, will you do it willingly or will you do it forcibly? Will you be in the presence of Jesus, which will be so great, and you and your sin will be so haunting and convicting of you that you'll just bow your knee because you can't take it anymore? Your kneecaps might shatter because you can't stand in the presence of one with that much authority. Or will you just say, he has it, I don't. Let me go ahead and worship him. Let me go ahead and serve him. That leads me to this final point, this final question as we get ready to close the sermon. What is the right response to Matthew 28, 18? What's the right thing to do with all this authority? Now now that you may be convinced, you may be realizing in this moment, I don't have the authority, right? This season, Corona doesn't have the authority. Only Jesus has all authority. What should this lead us to do? I really believe the answer is twofold. Here's here's the first point. The right response to Jesus' authority is number one, to worship. The, The right response to the reality that Jesus has all authority is to worship the one who has all authority. That you and I are made to worship. You and I are created to worship. The problem is too often we worship the wrong things. We worship shoes, we worship sports, we worship food, we worship relationship, we worship Apple products, we worship screens, we worship People, we worship the things that were never meant to give us satisfaction and fulfillment at the highest level. That can only come from the one who has all authority. Jesus says the right response to him is worship. I love how the the commentator R. Kent Hughes says it. He says, I want you to stop now and think afresh about this cosmos-shaking claim. Verse 18 is indeed the highest Christology to be found in the Bible. He says, verse 18 is the key verse of Matthew's gospel. If you memorize any verse, memorize this one. But don't merely memorize it, apply it. How? Worship. How do you you apply Matthew 28, verse 18? Friends, here's how you apply it. You begin to worship Jesus. You turn from the things that you've been worshiping. If you've been walking this way, worshiping sin, worshiping stuff, worshiping people, turn from that idolatrous worship and worship the Savior. Exchange your worship back for the one who is worthy of all worship for he's the one who has all authority that the right response is to worship repent from sin believe in christ and worship him with all your days with all your gifts i learned this as i was an idolater of the sport of basketball in college when i came into an encounter with the one who has all authority jesus himself i i began to take this ball and i no longer worship the ball i began to use the ball to worship my savior You don't have to necessarily abandon the gifts God's given you. You just have to redeem them by using them to bring God glory. Use whatever God has given you to worship the Savior. The second right response, right? The first is to worship. The second is to obey. The second right response to the authority of Christ is to say, I am going to radically surrender my life to him and obey his teaching. The right response is to say, whatever you call me to do, Jesus, I'm going to follow. Wherever you call me to go, that's where I'm going to go. Whatever you ask me to say, that's what I'm going to say, that I am going to obey you. Jesus says in one place, he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? That if anybody really believes I have all authority, that obedience should be right around the corner. Jesus says this in John chapter 3. He he reveals this same teaching to his disciples in John chapter 3. I want you to look at it with me. John 3 verse 36, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, "I I want to be clear on this message. The right response to his authority is obedience. He says, he says, the Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Verse 35. In other words, the Father loves Jesus and has given him all authority. We already covered that. Now, what's the right response? Verse 36. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Praise God. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God remains on him. That, that today, verse 36 tells us that the wrath of God may just be the thing that remains on your life until you turn from your sin and start obeying Jesus. Can I just be honest with you really quick? There is no such thing as delayed obedience. So maybe right now you're thinking, yeah, I'm gonna do that at some point. That's, 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 that's disobedience. Sometimes we try to clothe our disobedience with struggle. Man, I'm struggling. No, you're just disobedient. You're not just struggling, you're just choosing not to obey Christ. And we have this going on in our current culture of mushy, Christianity, where we play this double dutch game with Jesus, like one day we're in, one day we're out. Like, Jesus, we'll obey you at like 90% of the stuff you call us to do, but like maybe the sexual ethic part, maybe we won't obey you with. Or maybe when it comes to tithing or being generous, we won't obey you with that. Or maybe when it comes to making a relationship right, we won't obey you with that because that actually calls us to action. That calls us to lean on your authority. We just want to keep those things to ourselves. And Jesus says, then you can't be with me. Because all authority belongs to me. And that demands your obedience. The right response to the, to the authority of Christ is to worship him and to obey him. Friends, if you get those two things right, you got everything right. right. To place yourself under the authority of Jesus is to say, I'm going to worship and obey. What's the primary calling on my life? Here's what it is. Worship and obey. And I've found That when I worship Jesus and I obey Jesus, my life seems to be more full, more rich, more blessed, more purpose, more power. When I'm not worshiping and I'm not obeying, I feel powerless. I I think of it kind of like an umbrella, if I can just hold this up for a second. right? If we were to just utilize this umbrella and call this umbrella right? The authority of Christ, right? We need to place ourselves up under the authority of Christ and let's go throughout life under the authority of Christ. See, the umbrella, right, keeps us from rain in this life, right? It keeps us from getting wet. It keeps us from getting hindered. It keeps us from getting dirty. It keeps us from getting soaked, How foolish would it look like if we went through life and we walked outside and it was raining? I got an umbrella in my hand, but I just choose not to go under it. Um, Here I am. I'm getting soaked. I'm getting rained on. um, But I got an umbrella in my hand. Here's the right response. Let me place myself under the authority of Christ. Because he's going to be the one who's going to catch it all. He's going to be the one that's going to keep me close, keep me safe, keep me clean, keep me walking. And here's how you place yourself under. You say, I'm going to worship Christ, and I'm going to obey Christ. As long as I'm worshiping Christ and obeying Christ, I'm under his authority. The minute I stop worshiping Jesus, I get up from under the authority. The minute I stop obeying Jesus, I lose the authority. You and I are called to stay under the authority. In doing so, we'll stay under the Savior. We'll be able to make it through this uncertain season and be obedient to the calling that's on each one of our lives. As we close this time right now, I just want to give you an opportunity to do what I just said. Maybe you recognize, you know, I I haven't been doing it. I haven't been worshiping. I haven't been obeying. Maybe right now you're just saying, you know what, I've never worshiped and obeyed. Maybe you've played the Christian game. Maybe you got baptized when you were young, but you never really knew why. Maybe today you said, you know what, I need to actually put myself under the authority of Jesus, the Lordship of Christ. I need to receive him as my Savior. I need to turn away from my sin, and I need to go all in. That's what the headline demands today. And what a joy and what a gift it would be to help lead you into doing that right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come before you in Jesus' name and I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit for everybody watching this right now. Whether it's morning time, night time, maybe they're listening to this on a podcast. God, I pray in Jesus' name if they need to pull over on the road right now, if somebody just needs to stop what they're doing and put themselves under The authority of Christ, I pray they do that right now. Here's how you can do it. You can repeat this prayer after me, but make it your own. It's not the words of a prayer that save you, it's your belief in the gospel that saves you. Just right now, say, Jesus, I believe. I believe that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you. I believe that I'm a sinner. I believe that I need a Savior. And Jesus, I believe that you are him. That you died for all of my sins. That you rose from the grave. And that you have all authority. That you're coming back again. And I want to be on your team today. I want to surrender my life to you, Jesus. So fill me with your Holy Spirit. Forgive my past. Correct my future. And fill my presence with your power. I submit myself to your authority today. I give you my yes. Yes, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.